it's like when you get home at 5.30 or 6 and everyone wants to eat, what can you realistically do in the 20 to 30 minutes before like full chaos is going to ensue? Season of life when like it's really hard (laughs) to manage just that time of the day when everyone is tired and like you would rather be doing so many other things than making dinner. Welcome to the Daily Dietitian Podcast. I am your host, Stacey Mitchell. I am so happy to have you here. My goal for this podcast is to break down the latest health topics and help clear the clutter in the messy world of nutrition and fitness. We hope to inspire, educate, and entertain all things wellness. Join us as we talk with experts in their fields on how to feel our best in our own body and mind. Hey there, thank you for joining us this week. I am so excited to start our new mini series. I kind of like this topic and fall is kind of a great refresh, reboot on your meal planning and tips. As we enter the season of school, um, my kids just finished their first week and I will have to say everything went, went pretty well. I want to say great. I, in my mind, great. And (laughs) I am getting my mind wrapped around dinners, lunches, what to have on hand, easy go-tos. When we are going in different directions after school, um, that's where I might need a little help. And today's guest, I am so honored and extremely excited to have her back on the show Amy Palangi, also known as Yummy Toddler Food on Instagram. Um, She was on the show back in 2021 in episode number 30. She has an incredible following with almost a million followers and shows us how to keep food simple and real. She will be talking about her brand new cookbook, Dinnertime SOS, with 100 accessible, nourishing, budget-friendly, and yummy recipes to share with the family. Amy is an expert to make food delicious and easy tips with shortcuts to help you take the stress out of dinner and methods that actually work. Join us for this conversation. Well, Amy, it is so great to have you back on the show. Will you introduce yourself to all those that are new here? Sure. So I'm Amy. I run Yummy Toddler Food, which is a website and all the corresponding social accounts. Um, I am a mama to three kids who are 11, 7, and 4. We live in central Pennsylvania, and I have a new cookbook coming out that's called Dinnertime SOS. This is the answer to every mom's you know, dying <laughs> desire to get dinner on the table. Why did you want to make this cookbook? So I really wanted to do a book that sort of complemented the recipes that are already on my website. Um, I didn't want to do the same exact content. So the recipes in the book are really through the lens of minimal prep, no electric equipment. Like there's no blending, there's no food processor. So like the cleanup is more minimal. Um, And it's like when you get home at 5.30 or 6 and everyone wants to eat, what can you realistically do in the 20 to 30 minutes before like full chaos is going to ensue? And when I was developing the recipes, my youngest was like one and a half, two and three. So, and I had two older kids. So we were like really in that 
season of life when like it's really hard to manage just that time of the day when everyone is tired and like you would rather be doing so many other things than making dinner. So I hope that this is like a playbook for parents where the recipes are vetted to fit this very specific thing. You don't have to worry that they're going to take you longer than they say um, and that they will just like help you feed everyone. Oh, that is so helpful. And obviously you were right there in the midst of it, you know, pretty much cooking with one hand while you had yep. the the youngest at that age during that time. Um, when you come up with these meals, what are some of your biggest must-haves, whether that be the certain types of foods or quick cooking or nu- nutrition for the family? Um, I, I think for me, it's like flexibility is one of the sort of places that I start because I always assume that everyone's plate is going to wind up looking differently from each other. And so I want the food to be able to feed multiple people without needing to be like changed very much. So what that means is that a lot of the recipes have like components so that you could serve all of them together in a bowl, or you could serve like two of them together on a plate. Um, a lot of them have suggested toppings so that if you're an adult who likes things spicy or you like fresh herbs or you like like sheep's milk cheese, or cheese like you, there are ways that you can enhance the flavor that don't mean that like the kids have to eat the same thing. So that's the main thing. Um, and then I wanted to use like store-bought products that simplify just to like have it in writing that it's okay to take whatever shortcuts that you need. So I use things like shredded cabbage, like coleslaw mix as an ingredient in like stir fries or frozen potatoes or um, like frozen vegetables and some jarred sauces. And then I give like ways that you can store those foods or reuse them to make sure you use the whole thing. Um, And one of the things that I love that we did is that in a lot of the recipes, there is like frozen meatballs in the ingredient list as like the way that you can make the recipe the fastest. And then there's a sub recipe for homemade ones so that it sort of like accomplishes both because there will be people who would prefer to make them from scratch. And there will be people who have one hand available and can only like open the bag and dump it. So you also have cooking methods. Are there any shortcut cooking methods that you highlight in the book? Um, there's a whole chapter using the slow cooker or a multi-cooker. So if you don't have an instant pot, there's always a slow cooker method. And then if the recipe won't work in a slow cooker, um, it, like if one of the options won't work, there's a stovetop method. So that is a chapter that is like very specifically you put the things in the the vessel and then it cooks. Like there's no other stuff. <laughs> um, this is not a cookbook that like promises to be easy and then has you chop a bunch of onions. So <laughs> I tried really hard to like be honest. <laughs> right. I was just at Target yesterday and I saw a cookbook sitting there that said easy recipes. And I looked through and it, <laughs> first off, there was a ton of ingredients and yeah. a lot of other steps that involved. And I, my ADH brain, I don't even know if I have that, but you know, it, it was just overwhelming to look at. So is yeah. there a type of format even looking at your recipe book that's kind of helpful to people get through this easy, quick cooking? Um, well, there is a photo with every recipe, which I was like 
that was harder than you would think to get. Um, Like that's not a standard way that cookbooks are published because the cost of photography is very high. So we had to be creative with like the format and sort of the structure to make sure that we accomplished that because that was something that I like insisted on from the beginning. And then um, the ingredient lists are as short as possible. And then there are like notes at the end that are separate so that you can find the variations, you can find like the storage information separately so that it's not like you have to read the whole recipe to understand if you can make it vegetarian. I love that. Um, what are some of your favorite go-to meals that you and your family have enjoyed when you are developing this? Um, there is a like a broccoli toast recipe, which is one like I discovered that if I call something an appetizer, even if I like serve it for dinner, my kids will be like totally into it. Um, so this was one of those things that I wasn't sure if they were going to like, but it's like toasted Italian bread with cooked broccoli, melted cheese, and like a little bit of lemon zest so yummy it's like a fancy grilled cheese but it's really easy you just pop it in the oven um and they love that which was really fun and then there's a like an instant pot mac and cheese which is takes like five minutes and it's delicious um and there are a bunch of like salad type recipes like there's like a peanut noodle salad there's um there's like a chicken if I'm remembering correctly, there's a chicken Caesar salad that has pasta in it. Um, so those are some. Oh, I can't, I cannot wait to try the broccoli cheese. That sounds <laughs> yeah. amazing. And is that something you could use like a, a frozen broccoli staple or fresh? Oh yeah, yeah totally. Awesome. You can use either. Awesome. Um, what are some of your top five pantry staples, whether it be shelf stable or freezer or fridge using those go-to items that you have? Um, we keep a lot of beans in our house, like canned beans, because they are super versatile and it can be used in all sorts of things. And also they're really inexpensive. Um, jarred like tikka masala sauce or teriyaki sauce, I find really helpful because I don't have to have like 12 ingredients to make that. And that just ensures that I will be able to make that dish for my family and not like hit that mental stumbling block of like, oh, I have to go find these um, spices or I have to go like grate garlic or something. Um, so that's that's really useful. I'm trying to think. Like we always have nuts and seeds to put on top of things. So like chopped peanuts, which like whole nuts are choking hazards for little kids, but you can like mince nuts or you can put them in like a mini chopper and chop them up um, as an option. And my kids love that. And that's like, that's like one of those toppings that can also be like a side dish. <laughs> like if, you know, cause they're full of fats and proteins and all the things that help keep us full. I think that's, that's three. <laughs> okay. I think the only other one is like pasta. Like we do eat a lot of pasta because it is versatile and it's um, just one of those things that my kids love. So we have it like all sorts of ways. You bet. Do you have a favorite type of pasta? I should say noodle or uh, if it's a different type made from something else. Um, I only buy regular pasta. (laughs) So someone recently asked me, they were like, why don't you ever use whole wheat pasta in your recipes? And I was like, I don't like it. That's why. Like, I just feel very strongly that we don't need to eat food that we don't enjoy. And I love regular pasta and so does my family. So that's what we eat. And there is like this misconception, as I'm sure you probably hear that like pasta 
isn't doesn't have any nutrition and it's like has plenty of nutrition and also you're usually eating it with other things so we have regular pasta and I sort of go through phases with like what I love most I would like always love like a linguine um but then I have like rigatoni phases of the year and like <laughs> others so I love hearing that. That's going to make the best sound bite because I am right there with you. I used to yeah. think that in my early days of being a dietitian and a mom, I would make the whole wheat. And then my husband's like, I don't really like this, you know? And so yeah. uh, regular pasta has enriched nutrients. It has seven grams of fiber, or I'm sorry, seven grams of protein, one gram of fiber, and it is very nutritious as is. So thank you for saying mm-hmm. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm into like this cavatali, the, like the little ringlets. Uh Oh yeah. And it's hard to find sometimes, but that is really good. Yes. Yeah. So you seem like a pro at making easy meals, getting your kids involved, looking at, and the stories that you share with that. Um, what would be a meal idea that involves zero cooking? Um, one that we do a lot is. Well, we really have embraced salad kits over the past two years, which was something that was like one of those things that I didn't allow myself to do at first because I was like, I can make all of the components of this and save a dollar. And then I was like, but I don't like making dressing. Right. Like I don't. <laughs> it's just, um, and my kids really like Caesar salad. So we buy a lot of Caesar salad kits and then like paired with rotisserie chicken and pita chips. That is like a go-to easy, really easy meal. Um, we also do a lot of taco salads that are like chopped up lettuce, black beans, like just warmed from a can, salsa, sour cream. I'm trying to think of what else usually. That like shredded cheese. And then sometimes we have like tortilla strips or something to put on top. And then every kid just like grabs the parts that they like. <laughs> do you find any of your kids now looking on the outside it doesn't look like you have any picky eaters but um are your kids uh, particular to one food or the other um my like i don't i don't classify them as picky eaters i just yeah. they have their own unique like my girls love beans in a way that i wouldn't think would be like something that a kid would love so much like um and my son doesn't usually have a big appetite. And so he is the one at dinner where I'm like, I honestly never know. And so I do my best. He doesn't like a lot of the foods that his sisters like. Um, but it doesn't bother me. Like, I, I'm not I'm not so hung up on this uh, the idea of, like, getting anyone to eat. All I want to do is make sure that everyone has enough food available to them and that they can eat to their fill. And I expect a lot of variation in that. Um, I think for me, like the, the hardest parts of feeding a family is the, the mental work that you do before you get to the table. And like the thinking about whether you have the thing and when you need to start cooking in order to have it ready at a certain time. And, um, and then the physical part and not so much when you get to the table, um, which I know is like, a lot of that's not that common. <laughs> um, but I think I have like, because maybe because I do this so much that I've just been able to relax about that aspect. Yes, that's so great to hear. And f- 
each kid has their own likes of what what they enjoy, and it's finding the foods that they enjoy too. So that's a great message in there as well. Mm-hmm. As, any simple tips to help make uh, dinner time more fun? Um, talk about other things. <laughs> like the more <laughs> the more you can sort of like take your focus away from what everyone else is eating and talk about just like your day or tell funny stories like sometimes we will tell like circle stories where like I start and then we sort of go in a circle and everyone adds a bit of the story and it's like super silly and always makes no sense um when the kids are old enough like ask them to tell you jokes or tell them jokes um just look for ways to interact with the kids that are not them feeling like they're eating is being watched I think can like remove a lot of the pressure that they feel that then causes us to like react back. I love hearing that. Um, Same at my family too. We have a lot of good conversations and somehow my husband turns it into like a learning time. And there's always some, (laughs) something that I learn and that everybody else does too. And uh, it's, I feel like those are the memories that they're going to remember, not Mm -hmm. what we're eating. It's the, the conversation and the connection. Right. So you have your, uh, these 100 recipes featured in the book. Um, how do you take that into, uh, meal planning for the week? Do you have certain steps that you do or any little quick tips for that in meal planning? Because that is maybe the toughest part to tackle. So there are sort of two ways that we do it. So at some point last year, I had my oldest daughter make a list of her favorite dinners that we, um, put on the refrigerator. So, and most of them are ones that all the kids like. So I try to include those. We eat a lot of the same foods like throughout the week. And then we sort of sprinkle in variety if we go out or if we want to try something different. Um, And then we like have some categories of um, like theme nights where like Tuesday is always like Mexican. Um, Monday is usually pasta. Saturdays is usually like at this time of year, it's like grilling or burgers or hot dogs or something. Um, Friday is often pizza. So that way I'm like not starting from scratch when I'm planning. I'm always like, and even like when I go to the store, I know that if I pick up pasta, I can, and like some fresh veggies, I can like make something like, um, it sort of simplifies that for me as far as keeping some pantry staples on hand. And it just helps the overwhelm for the week. It's kind of like, Oh, I have this idea for this day and it just helps clear out the mind a little bit better. Yep. You also share so many great little tips on saving food, freezing food, decreasing the food waste. Do you integrate that in this book as well? I try to, um, there's like a whole little section on how to reuse leftovers and store leftovers. And then throughout the book, when there is something that you might have, you might only use part of the thing in the recipe. I do give tips or how to use it so that, cause I know that that is an irritating thing. <laughs> like when you make recipe and you wind up with like half a can of coconut milk, it's like, what the heck am I going to do with this? It's just going to die in my fridge. Um, so I did try to include those and just from like a, a perspective of someone who understands like what it feels like to go through that process. Um, I like just try to be sort of intuitive with it. Was it hard to come up with a hundred new different recipes since you have so many listed on your website as well as other resources that you have? It, so 
recipe, like concepts or recipes is not something that I struggle with. That's like, like if you, I have like a whole spreadsheet of ideas that I will like never get to. Um, it was, I think because it was narrowed down to dinner. I like, I think it would have been harder if it was like a yummy toddler food book. That was like the, uh, but because it was dinner and because it was through this specific lens, it was more of like filling in, do I have enough vegetarian dinners? Like what kind of fish can I have in here that is low in mercury, but also is not a fortune? Like it's, it was sort of like filling in some of the categories that took me a little bit longer and making sure that there was a range of flavors. Um, and then there are like, there are some, there's a handful of favorite dinner recipes from my website. So that, which they're like presented in a little bit of a different way, but that is a way that sort of like ties the website and the book together. I love that. And in this process, how, how long did this take you? So I had the initial idea for the book in 2018, which was, um, and nobody wanted it. Nobody was interested because my platform wasn't big enough. And nobody believed that someone with my brand name could sell a book about dinner, generally speaking. And it was, it, it was an interesting process of sort of understanding the book publishing world from the sales and marketing side, like I still don't fully understand it, but it was like, we don't know where we would put this book on a shelf because people were confused about whether it was like a book, like a, with toddler specific recipes, or if it was like a general cookbook. And I think as my brand grew, I was able to demonstrate both through the content that I share online and also the, like the traffic that I get for normal like quote-unquote normal recipes not like baby food recipes um sort of proved that my audience wants both and I do also have a lot of followers now who don't even have kids or are like young adults who are trying to feed themselves and want easy recipes so it, it kind of just took time for my brand to get to a place where I could prove that I could find the audience for it and that then the sales team would believe it and be able to like sell it to stores. So it seems like the timing, like it was irritating. It's like that, that nobody would like believe me because I, I do think like this is the, this is the meal that like culturally has so much pressure. Um, and you know, it like coincides with the witching hour and there are all of these families with little kids and all of these people who are busy and just want easy recipes and like that to me seemed so obvious. <laughs> um, but because of the way that like the market works, it was just was like, it, it took a little time to get to the place where I could like make that case fully. So the, I think I started working on it um, in like 2021. Kind of mind boggling yeah. because as parents, that is our biggest frustration of the day and for no one else to right. get it. Um, and definitely you do have an audience, whether their kids are young or old or no kids. Like, like you mentioned, uh, your audience is growing. I read someone's comment and they're like, yes, thank you. This is the book I've been waiting for, for the last seven years. <laughs> so people are wanting this yeah. as their solution. Yeah. And it's been like really, um, 
humbling to like hear everyone's comments about it. And I hope I'm like nervous. Like I'm like, I hope it delivers. I remember reading when I was like proofreading it and I read the introduction and I was like, if I really do the thing that I say that I'm doing, like I will be so proud of myself. Um, So it's like fingers crossed um, because I'm like so close to it now that it's like hard to tell. Oh, I'm sure it's, it's your yeah. fourth child, pretty much, for yeah. for all the work you put in, for sure. Right. Yes. Um, let's see here. I think any other uh, last takeaways or uh, anything else you want to share? Um, I mean, not really. I think, like, I hope that the book and also just, like, the content that I share helps people to relax a little. And because the way that social media works now and just like parenting in general, there's so much comparison with what other people are eating or what other kids are doing. And I just think that sometimes the more we can like remember that that doesn't really matter. Like we can sort of narrow our focus a little and take the steps that we need, need to, to make it easier for us to feed our families. Like that's really the only thing that matters. You have so many helpful tips um, on in- social media, and you just keep growing. Um, <laughs> I just saw it's a, it's a blessing and a curse, <laughs> <laughs> right? I just saw you know like um, your hateful comments, and then most of them are, are very helpful. Uh, how is the growing the growing process personally on that part? Um, I think. I don't know. It's like been, so my account has like double, it doubled in a year. Um, And the, the thing that happens, the content is usually fine if it's my followers. So the times when it, when the comments go completely nuts are when the content is picked up by the algorithm and it is shown to people who don't follow me. Um, And I have had to put, like, the way that I, I changed a little bit of what the way that I talk about food and also the format of my videos. Like, I don't, a lot of the videos now are me only, um, or the food only. Um, My kids are there a lot less. And I have had to put, I've gotten better at understanding like sort of the boundaries that I need and blocking crazy people um, and like shutting down comment threads when people are yelling at each other. And like, for the most part, it's everyone's amazing. And then there are times like there was something yesterday that happened and I was completely not expecting it. And it's just, it's like, it's so sad to me that there's so much yelling at each other. Like I just, I can't, I'm glad that I can't really wrap my head around it because I think I would need to stop. (laughs) Um, But I think because the, like the proportion of positivity is so much higher that it allows me to keep my perspective. And also it helps me to understand the cultural messaging that people are being bombarded with, because then I know where people need reassurance. It's like, People need to see creators in my position cooking with normal foods that sometimes come out of a plastic bag from the store 
or that sometimes are like from, you know, it's like using chicken nuggets from the freezer section. Like, I think that that has become a lot more clear to me. And it means that sometimes I get nasty comments, but I think that overwhelmingly, I feel like it is kind of my purpose to be that sort of middle ground in the food landscape that is often like very polarized and just show that like sometimes we make things from scratch and sometimes we buy them and it's great both ways. Um, So it's been like weirdly helpful, but also um, like it's to the point where I post something on TikTok and then I pretty much don't look at the comments because I can't like, (laughs) I'm like, it's like, I just, cannot so (laughs) but luckily there it doesn't matter like the engagement works so differently there that you do not have to engage with anything after you post it (laughs) well and you always have such a great way of of uh stating things or commenting on on your beliefs and how you feel about food and your kids and body image and intuitive eating and all that kind of stuff so i just i just really Mm -hmm. love seeing you in the spotlight for that (laughs) um why do you think it's uh growing so fast um I think I've gotten better at making videos I think that's part of it like I think that's like probably the most the like the biggest reason um like understanding visual content delivery better just from doing it like every day um and then I think that like talking, so I don't really talk about like the, I don't sell a recipe on its nutrition. Usually it's most, it's like, I start with like, this is so delicious. Um, And I think that that helps. I don't know. Like a lot of people don't do it that way, but that has been something that has been very freeing to me where it's like, this may have all sorts of nutritional benefits, but it's also really delicious because if it's not delicious, like no one's going to eat it. So sort of like, what's the point? Um, so I think just like showing the food that way has been a good thing too. Yes. And you have uh, so many easy tips and little like health, I'm going to say healthy hacks, you know, like the little, uh, whether it be, you're storing your berries or freezing different mm-hmm. foods or even just even just cutting up food with a scissors, a kitchen scissors. Like right. <laughs> right. I, mean, I know. That's like, uh, it's just, it's like someone was like, why do you keep using scissors? I'm like, because it's easier. Like, it's so much easier. You don't ever need a cutting board. I mean, you sometimes need a cutting board. But, like, you vastly reduce the amount of things that you're washing, which is just, better and then you don't need like a separate grape slicer like you can just use your scissors um it's just like it narrows the stuff you need yes uh with dinner time is being the feature for this episode what other popular recipes are there or go-tos that people are looking for whether that be breakfast or um muffins you are like the master of muffins (laughs) (laughs) yeah um, so the most popular muffin recipes on my website are my spinach banana muffins, which are bright green. So this is like not a place to hide vegetables. This is like the kids will know um, because they're green, which is the point. 
Um, and then my yogurt muffins, which have a base of Greek yogurt. So they're like super fluffy and moist and are really versatile. So you can use berries or chocolate chips or like grated carrots and raisins. Um, so those are the, those are the most popular muffins. But yeah, I do. I went through a phase of like trying to do all the muffins. <laughs> I'm taking a little bit of a break because I was like, I think I've got most of them now. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be uh, some inspiration somewhere when you're eating something. You'll be like, I have to make this into yeah. a muffin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Where can people go and find and connect with you? Um, so my website is yummytoddlerfood.com. On social, I'm at yummytoddlerfood on all the platforms. And then Dinnertime SOS is available at all booksellers, so you can go with the one that you prefer. I love hearing that. I cannot wait to get my hands on that, make my meal plan for the week, use my themes, <laughs> help dinner super easy, um, and just make the whole dinner time process so much easier for the parent and the family. Yeah, I hope so. Yes. Keep on doing what you're doing. We are so happy <laughs> to see you in the spotlight, sharing your message. Thank you. What an honor to have Amy on the show again. I pre-ordered her cookbook. It is gorgeous. There are already many five-star reviews on Amazon, and I can't wait to try the tandoori chicken and rice in the slow cooker. Plus, she has sheet pan dinners um, from chocolate chip pancakes, sweet potato nachos, pepperoni bread, and so many more. So be sure to check out her cookbook and share this episode with a friend or rate and review. We will be back with another amazing guest sharing more on meal planning and easy meal ideas. Have a wonderful week and thank you for joining us here on the Daily Dietitian Podcast.